0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit RealLifeChurchKc.com. House. Hey, get up for Barry. Come on somebody. I like to play tricks on them all the time. That's what we do. Just throw them under the bus. So, hey, I'm excited you guys are here today. I believe God will do something very special. If you're new with us, I want to say a resounding welcome home. I believe God's brought you here on purpose and with a purpose, man. Once again, give it up, give it up for everybody's new this morning. Come on, real life. Come on. I gotta say thanks to one t- uh, person in particular. Back in the back, he's not gonna like me for this, uh, but there's somebody helping us from Summit Park today with uh, some of our audio stuff and and dive in. His name is Jake. Jake, wave your hand like this. You're back there. I don't know if you're back. I can't even see you, but he's back. Give it up for Jake for helping out today from the church. Man, um, we can do infinitely more together, and it's, we're so blessed to, uh, to be around you guys and uh, the lighting stands, all this other stuff, just the coaching, and so we just love you guys and say, uh, tell, tell Scott Obrimski, tell Chris Obey, thank you for allowing us to have you this morning. Uh, but man, we're excited for what God's gonna do today. We're jumping into a series called Margin, the second part of the series, and I God just doing something special, man, to create financial peace in your life, to create some margin. Uh, yeah, we're talking about money, so I want you to calm your nerves. Not, we don't want something from you. We want something for you, so please don't be like, oh man, it's the money series. no. No, no, the church wants my money. That's not it. We want something for you. We believe God has a plan, a purpose for your life. I mean, we talk about some of you guys getting weird a little bit. I hope you guys get that little weird feeling that you're not gonna be the normal American because normal means broke, amen? Uh, we're not gonna keep paying all the debt and being credit card debt. We're gonna change up some of our habits. And man, some of you started doing it last week. We talked about trusting God completely and some of you are like, whoa, my perspective is completely changing about my money and I'm gonna put God first. And so I'm gonna do things a little different. I'm gonna be a little weird. I'm gonna pay off my student loan. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna get rid of my house it, that's a miracle, right? You know God exists when that thing goes away. I mean, you're, you're just got God, I'm going to put you in, I want you to bless my life, I'm going to follow you. And so we're doing this series, we're diving into different principles from God's word to help you financially find financial peace in your life. Last week we talked about a debt-free life, trust God completely, and we talked about having a different perspective, being content, and today we're d- diving into another topic, another principle, a debt-free life saves money consistently. Somebody say, saves. Save. Jesus saves Jesus saves money, right? <laughs> Jesus saves the money. So we're going to dive into this idea. And the problem for us is that we typically spend everything we make. Oftentimes we spend more than we make, amen? You get to end the month, you're like, where'd the money go, babe? Where it go?" It's like the elusive unicorn. Like you have no idea what happened to all the money. It's kind of like holding water in your hand, it just kind of leaks out. And you're like, man, where did it all go? Like, whatever happened to the money we made? We worked so hard for it, but there's nothing to really account for. And I want to share some statute this morning about money. The Wall Street Journal says this. He says, 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Man, 70%. That's almost three-quarter of Americans are living for Friday, amen? Just like, man, if I could just make it to the weekend. Like, if I can survive these five days, I have enough money to survive. I mean, just live on a razor's edge, no savings, no money saved in the bank, no, nothing for emergencies. That's the normal the normal America is broke. We're going to try to get a little weird, amen? We're going to try to be a little different I think Jesus wants us to be different. Man, a recent Gallup poll says this. 68% of Americans would not be able to cover a $5,000 emergency without borrowing money. Who knows if $5,000 doesn't go very far? Some of you are like, uh, no, no, no. I'm at truck repair. Come on, leaky roof. Some of you guys put some trucks through some trailers. I'm just kidding, Barry. I'm making fun of you a little bit. He's shaking his head. Man, it's just so easy. Right, a little foundation issue. I mean, uh, somebody say teenagers. Come on, somebody. Teenagers plus Cars equals money. I know some amens in the house, right? It seems like just like whatever happened to that car I gave you, it looked so beautiful before I gave you the keys. But it adds up so fast, doesn't it? We love you teenagers, by the way. But it costs a lot of money, all the dances, all the sports, all the stuff. It just adds up, just goes out the window. $5,000, man. It's like we can't cover it. And maybe God has a different plan for our lives. I mean, think about some of us who struggle with with health concerns. And you add on that, you had a financial crisis, right? And all of a sudden, there's all this stress in life. So God has a different plan for us. And so we're going to dive into this today. How do we actually save money? What's the plan that God has for our lives? You know, I've contributed to some of this foolishness. Believe that or not, right? I've, I've been the guy that's lived on credit. I've been the guy that's done crazy stuff and been in bad situations. I want to share one of my stories with you. And uh, this is one of the worst financial situations I ever got into. Uh, I used to own a business and uh, I was a subcontractor to a snow business. Come on, you know, Barry knows where this is going. And uh, I mean, I was pushing the snow back in 2000. I think it was 12. There was an 11-inch storm. And then two days later, it was a 13-inch storm, which that's really fun when you work snow business. And so I worked about 75 hours straight through those storms. And uh, then it just kind of kept snowing throughout the season. And the contractor i worked for didn't pay me for like six months and so they owed me over sixty thousand dollars and uh, it got to the point where like i had racked up everything on credit cards so i'm like just paying and trying to survive and it got to the point where i couldn't pay my labor anymore and i'm like okay buddy can you just come out again for another storm you know i, I can't pay you but i owe you this and and all of a sudden i can't sleep at night because i'm stressed out like oh lord jesus Please hope this company doesn't file bankruptcy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this mess. And I'm racking up the credit cards, all my personal cards, you know, Discover Pain and, and American Distress. I mean, they're all a little maxed out, and I don't know how I'm gonna make it. And uh, I literally couldn't afford diesel in my truck to even push more snow. And uh, long story short, we had some, we had the, uh, we came to understanding some conversations with this company. Um, maybe some legal letterhead occurred, but um, we, um, we got paid. Okay. So I finally got paid and I'd never paid more money out in one single day in my life uh, that I owed so many people. The stress was so big and so high. And uh, I, I got out of that situation, but I, I did stupid. Come on, somebody. This is what Dave Ramsey says. I did stupid. My, I had some stupid with some zeros. Anybody been there before? Stupid with zeros. It cost a lot. Of, hey, come on. Where's your hands? Who did stupid with zeros. It's just me. Perfect. Yeah. And, and my wife and, and Rob, I love you. And some pe- Yeah. So just a few of us. So I'm obviously not qualified to preach today. I just preach from all the bad habits and you can learn from my mistakes. Um, but yeah, I've done stupid, right? I've bought a six O diesel. I shouldn't make fun of six O's, but I've done stupid. I've just done things that cost a lot of money in my life. And today I just want to share with you, man, why should we save money? Man, why should we live differently? Why should we bail, bail ourselves out with a home equity loan? Why should we bail ourselves out with a credit card? Man, why should we borrow? Man, I want to give you some principles that God has for us today. Look at Proverbs 21.20. says this, the wise store up. It means the wise saves. The wise saves choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Man, fools spend everything. Man, the wise saves, but the fool spends. Man, how many of us would look foolish compared to this verse, right? Like, oh, man, where's the end of the month? Like, I didn't save anything. Where am I at? Three quarters of Americans don't save anything. I told you last week, but my biggest fear when I was 18 years old is that I wouldn't have enough money if I followed Jesus. Like, I, just, I wouldn't make it. Like, if I followed Jesus, he, he wouldn't be faithful to me. Like, I, I just wouldn't have enough of the world to take care of myself. I thought if you made a lot of money, come on, somebody, it means you're going to be wealthy. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. But just because you make money, don't make you wealthy. Now, I thought if I could take care of me first, like if I had enough money for myself, then I could give to God, and then I could help other people. That's Lou what was my biggest fear. Like, I've got to take care of myself. I can't rely on entrusting anybody, including God. I'm going to do it my own way. And I thank God when I was 18 years old, I had a youth leader. His name was Mitch. And this youth leader I spent so much time with, he, he loved Jesus. He loved me for some reason. I don't know why, but he's loved teens, right? And he was just hanging out with me. And uh, we had Bible studies. And he encouraged me. And I never what he told me. He said, Sean, you'll never have enough money. You'll never have enough money. The world is never enough. You can keep pursuing and pursuing and pursuing. He goes, I work with CEOs of companies all the time that coach Little League T-Ball because they're trying to find some purpose in life. Like the stuff you're looking for is not gonna be found in money. And he told me this principle that is so God-honoring and so true. And I remember it to this day and it's so powerful. He said, it's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. It's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. And he shared the scripture with me that was so powerful. And I want to read through a, kind of a lengthy passage this morning. And this is really just kind of like an aha moment for me when I was 18 years old. That really I shouldn't be following the things of the world. And, and money is really just a stewardship that God has given me. And so I want to read through this and just tell you about the parable of the talents. This is a parable that Jesus talked about. It's really a parable of money. A talent was a measure of money in the New Testament. And so Jesus is just going to get right into the weeds and say, hey, here's my, here's my theology of money. Here's what you need to be doing with money. And so my buddy Mitch, who was my spiritual father, read this to me, and I just took a step back. And so I want to share this with you this morning. It's found in Matthew 25, verse 14. We'll start there. It says this. It says, again, this is Jesus talking, it will be like a man going on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag. Each according to his ability, they went on his journey. So here's Jesus, he's saying, I'm, a, I'm handing you guys different amount of stewardship, different amount of resources, different amount of money. Hey, I'm gonna leave, but I'm coming back. So take care of my stuff while I'm gone. Verse 16, it says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. Who knows, Jesus is going to come back and settle some accounts. So the man had received five bags of gold, brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold, See, so i have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful to a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Man, I love this. Man, his reward was simple. Well done, good and faithful servant. He said, you've increased what I've given to, with, to you. You were faithful to it. And because you took care of what you had, I'm going to give you more to take care of. Verse 22, the man with two bags of gold also said, come, also came. He said, master, you entrust me with two bags of gold so i have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, so I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Man, I love about this. It doesn't matter how many talents you started with. It doesn't matter what you have. It matters what you do with what you have. You love this. The reward, this is the, one of the biggest takeaways of this whole thing that Jesus is teaching. The reward is the same whether you have five talents or two talents. The reward's the same. You were faithful with what you have. So what have, we, what have you got? Just be faithful to God with, and God will bless you, and God will be faithful to you. It says in verse 24, the man who had received one bag of gold came. He said, Master, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. So here's what belongs to you. Here's that talent back that you gave me. I couldn't manage this talent, so I just hid it. So here's my talent back. And the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew I harvest where I do not sow. I gather where I do not uh, scatter seed. Well then, you should put my money on deposit with the bankers so when I returned I would have received it back with some interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has been given given more, and they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside in darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth." When I was 18 years old, I heard this passage from my mentor, and I'm so thankful that he shares me God's economy. That's not what you have, come on, somebody. It's what you do with what you have. See, I want not be the guy that's a 10-talent person. That's what Mitch told me. He says, I want you to be a 10-talent leader. I want you to be a 10-talent person that God is going to bless. I don't want you to be the one-talent person. I don't, know about you, I don't feel like i got a lot of talent. Come on, somebody. Like I feel like I am the one-talent person. I'm the two-talent person. But I'm like, God, I don't have much, but God, you can take it. God, can you just bless us? Who knows you can make six figures and not be wealthy? Who knows you can make six figures and not have happiness? Man, who, knows, who knows you're going to make six figures and you're not blessed by God? Who knows? You, it's not what you have, but it's what you do with what you have. Who knows you can hit the lottery and hit rock bottom still? Come on, somebody. You know all those stories. They're so interesting to watch. Like, I made my millions and I spent it in two months. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, who knows? It's not all the wealth you try to accumulate that makes your life successful. It's the blessings of God. And so at 18 years old, as as this mentor read this to me, I thought, man, I'm living it wrong. Like, I thought I got to take care of myself. And then I'd take care of everybody else. And then I'd quit God first. But no, no, God's saying, hey, just put me first where you're at. Like, if you got one talent, just be faithful with that one talent and say, God, you can take this from me. God, I want you to bless my life. God, I want you to expand my ministries. God, I want to be a 10-talent person, not for me, because I want to be blessed by you. And so this morning, man, I want to encourage you, man, to have an aha moment with Jesus. Like, man, this isn't about me. Like, the savings and my financial peace isn't about putting me in the center. It's all about Jesus being in the center. And I'm going to put him in the middle of this because he wants me to be a 10-talent person. Man, who wants to have a 10-talent church? Come on, somebody. We have a 10-talent family. I want God to bless my life, so I'm going to put Him first. I'm going to trust Him with what I have today. Man, I want to do the, to the rest of this message. I want to dive into the story of Joseph. Now I want to look at some some really practical insights for you of really how to save money, uh, why to save money, and what God can do through a life that's faithful to Him through saving. So we're going to dive into Genesis chapter 41, and we're going to look at Joseph's story. And, and Joseph was in a, a, this country of Egypt. It was the wealthiest country at the time in the world. Man, there was a, the most fertile land. Man, it was ran by Pharaoh, who was kind of worshipped as God. Anything he said was law. It was the way it's going to be. And so Joseph is in a prison cell. He's actually a slave. And uh, jo, uh, the Pharaoh gets a vision from God. He gets a dream from God, two different dreams. And he can't figure out what these dreams mean. And So he hears from a cupbearer that there's this little guy that's all scraggly locked up in a cell and he can interpret this dream and so he calls for joseph and we're going to pick this story up in genesis chapter 41 verse 14 it says this so pharaoh sent for joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon where he had where he had shaved and changed his clothes who knows that's a good moment right there you know (laughs) Like, finally, I'm out of this prison cell. I'm getting cleaned up. I went to the barber shop. Man, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. No one could interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And so Pharaoh tells the dreams of Joseph, and Joseph interprets it and says this in verse 29. He says, seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance and land will not be remembered because the famine that follows will be so severe. And the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms, the reason you hear it twice, is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and it will happen soon. Man, one of the first insights of giving is that saving money is absolutely necessary. Man, saving money is absolutely necessary. Man, the Pharaoh knew and confirmed that emergencies are coming. Come on, somebody. Who knows emergency is coming? Man, we're going to have to kind of buckle down a little bit. Like, hey, you have seven years. It's going to go great. But hey, when the seventh year hits, man, Get ready. Be prepared because something is going to happen. There's going to be an emergency on the way. I mean, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. I mean, Money Magazine says this, that 78% of us will have a major negative financial event in any 10-year period of time. So I need 10 people to stand up. Give me 10 people. Where's my 10? Come on, don't be scared. we got got two. Perfect, three, four, we're getting there. Five, we're we're working hard. Come on, I need more people. I don't know, I can't see anymore. So one, two, three, four, five, six. That's about 10. I can't even count anymore. That's how, you can stay up. Uh, You're you're the perfect person to stay up. All right. I'm gonna preach the mic right now. God's telling me to. But So eight of you. So, eight of you are going to walk through a hard situation in any ten, period, 10 year period of time. So, that means in a 50 year period of your life, you're going to have five really bad financial issues. And uh, this study shows that's going to be six dollars to $10,000 every time on average. So, you might be around $50,000, $40,000 in these next 40 years or whatever amount 10-year period of time. So we're all going to struggle with this. You guys can be seated. And I don't know which one. Mike, it's not going to be you. But the rest of us are going to struggle. I'm just kidding. But, man, Mike's like, no, it's been me. My 10-year period was collapsed into two years. <laughs> We've been there, man. I feel like every other month it's like, what? You know, you're going to have It's not a matter of if it goes bad. It's when it goes bad. I'm just going to tell you, you guys all know this. Like the storm is coming, right? Like, we got to be prepared for, for, the, for the negative seasons. we got to be prepared for the famine. Like, you might be in abundance right now. It's like, oh, things are going great, man. Be prepared for this season. Be prepared for every season. God is just is warning us, man, trouble is on, on the horizon. Man, Ecclesiastes 11.2 says this, divide your merchandise, divide your money among seven or eight investments for you don't know what calamity may happen on earth. Man, I'm not saying this is like a, 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 a speech to diversify your allocation here, but I'm just saying you should save your money. Like the Bible says, you never know what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you something. Life truly does happen. Think about medical debt. Man, number one reason that, that Americans go into personal bankruptcy, declare personal bankruptcy, is because medical debt. I mean, you can imagine the, the, the hardship of, of having someone in your family, maybe your child sick or your spouse sick, and then you have all the health crisis, but now you've got all the financial crisis on your shoulders. How am I going to pay for this? Do you believe that God wants you to have a different plan than walking through all that stress and pain at the same time? Man, God wants us to save money, put some money aside. I mean, a second insight I want to share with you, and this is what Joseph did. Man, he was intentional. Saving money for Joseph was super intentional. I want you to share his plan that he told Pharaoh. This is an absolutely amazing plan. Verse 33 said this, And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man. (laughs) I hope that's me. (laughs) A discerning and wise man. And put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Come on, man. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh, but be kept in the cities for food. The food shall be kept, held and reserved for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so the country may not be ruined by the famine. Man, check this out. Here's how the plan's going to work. We're going to put somebody in charge who's wise and discerning. We're going to take 20% of everything that we grow during the good years. We're to store up the grain and we're gonna reserve for the country and it gets in a hard famine. That's, that's a plan we can live on, amen? Like we just kind of save up a little bit what we got to have on reserve for the hard times. And says this, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh. He's like, Good idea, Joseph. I love this. And all the officials said, this is amazing. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one whom, is, one whom is the spirit of God? The Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made you known all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. Come on, somebody. This guy just left the prison cell, and all my people should submit to your orders. Like, this is getting good. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. You know, Joseph's first instinct when he, when he saw the future was that he would immediately start saving. Save and save and save and save. That was his first instinct. And because of that, it said the Holy Spirit was on this guy. He's like, this guy's got wisdom beyond his years. This guy's got some discernment. Like God's on this guy. So I'm going to take you out of this prison cell. I'm just going to promote you up to second in charge. Why don't you kind of ride in the chariot right next to me? Isn't that a great day for Joseph? I don't know about you, but i kind of be like that. I'm going to be like, man, I'm going to see the future. I'm going to start saving some money. And he came up with this amazing plan. And he was super intentional. He said, man, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to put some commissioners in place to hold accountable this system. And I'm going to have the full support of Pharaoh. Who knows you need the full support of the Pharaoh? There's somebody, there's a pharaoh in your house. Come on. Somebody, I'm not saying say you point your fingers, but you know who's running this place, right? Like, there's law happening here. I'm not saying you worship, but there's some law happening here. Like, you got to get the full support of Pharaoh in your finances. And so, this is what he did. He didn't suggest, like, hey, just save money when you got some extra money laying around. Like, hey, after you pay all the bills and you get everything figured out and you have some fun, whatever's left in the month, because the unicorn, you can't find it, right? Like, whatever's left, just just save the, the money that's left over. No, no, no. He said, hey, put a number on it. Like, I don't know what percentage is for you, but he said 20%. Like, I'm, I'm going to take 20% of everything in Egypt, I'm going to save it. I'm just going to put it in a storehouse. Man, this was Egypt's emergency fund. He's going to say, I'm going I'm to save this for, for the day where we can't grow anything. Matter of fact, nobody's going to be able to get in here and make themselves a sandwich anytime they want to because we're saving this for the day we need it. So we're not going to go out there and buy that nice car from the extra money or pay off the other thing. No, 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 this is for when it gets bad. We're going to only supplement when we need to. Man, who knows this? No one accidentally saves money. Like, oops, <laughs> oops, there's my money. My bank account grew magically. <laughs> like, no one accidentally just gets more wealth and gets more money. Like, it doesn't matter what you make, because guess what? You make more and your, like, living goes up, right? Like, oh my gosh, I can afford these nice stuff. And all of a sudden, you, you, live, you live a little bigger and a little larger. You might not have any more wealth than the day you started working 18 years old. Like, it's not, it doesn't matter how much you make. It matters what you do with what you have. You need to have a plan. Like, what's your plan financially? What would your life look like if you had a plan with your money? I mean, you're going to make over a million dollars in your lifetime, you individually, a typical American. What are you going to do with all that money? Like, how, how are you leaving a legacy with that money? I mean, who's accountable for that money? Man, I mean, put numbers to it. Every dollar has a name before you get it, and where it's going to go before every single month. You know exactly what is going to happen with your money. Some of you think, like, well, if we make a budget, it's like a straight jacket. Well, you can make this line. It's just called Sean Fun, right? Like, there's this fun line in my budget. Like, you just take the money and do everything, anything you want with it, but you know what it is. You have, you have self-control. You've already determined like, this is exactly what my month is gonna look like. I know exactly what's gonna happen. Larry Burkett says this, a budget is simply telling your money what to do instead of wondering where it went. Come on, somebody. Like, where'd it go? If you guys, am I the only person to ask that question? I mean, I feel like I'm always, I'm like, where did it go? <laughs> Look at my bank statement. Like, I cannot believe I ate so much food. Like, what, where, how did that happen? Man, wow, I believe it. <laughs> Man, I mean, how would your life be different with a financial plan? But how would it be different if you, if you just said, hey, you know what, this is what I'm going to do with the money God's given me. I'm not waiting until I make more money. I'm going to be faithful with God. I've got two talents, Jesus. I've only got five talents, but God, I'm going I'm to put you first. I'm going to save. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow your plan. I'm going to live on less. Like, I'm not going to maximize my stuff. I'm going to maximize you. Man, no one's going to touch this money. No one's going to sneak in here and get a sandwich. <laughs> we're not going to go buy no, this special extra car. Like, we're going we're gonna to live inside our means. Man, third insight that Joseph tells us, man, saving might protect your family and those around you. I mean, look how disciplined that joseph was how it led to saving so quickly I Man, verse 48 says joseph collected all the money produced in seven years of abundance in egypt stored up in the cities in each city he put the food grown in the, in the fields surrounding it and joseph stored up i love this huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea it was so much he stopped keeping records come on he want that kind of life right because it was beyond measure Man, how in the world could Joseph do this? I mean, check out God. Just watch what God does. They saved 20% for seven years. In the next seven years, they covered 100% of their need. Like during the famine, it covered everything they needed to survive. They fed the whole nation because they saved 20% for seven years, and they covered 100% for the next seven. How is that possible? How is that possible? That's only possible with God's blessings. It's only possible because God allowed it to be possible. He said he blessed them so much. It was beyond measure. Joseph's like, I think we're good. <laughs> like, I can't count any more of what I got, but God just keeps bringing in because we're prepared for the day when the famine happens. Man, make your savings a part of your daily life. Just make a natural part. I'm just gonna tell you, just take it off the top. Just take it off the top. When I was 18 years old, Mitch is like, man, this is what you gotta do with your life. I'm like, okay. You obviously have walked with Jesus close and I've walked with Jesus. Show me what I should do. He said, this is what you need to do. You need to give, you need to give this much money to God. Just take this percentage off the top. This is what me and Diane have done since, since I was 18 years old. This is what I've done. This is what i love let my family do. We just take your percentage off the top and give it straight to God. Like there's seasons where I didn't make any money, but you know what? I said, God, dude, whatever my income is, God, this is the percentage I'm gonna give to you right off the top before I spend a dime, before I give any other number, any other dollar bill a name, I'm gonna give you first because all this is just a stewardship. Like all this is just from you. I'm just passing through. I'm not holding on to anything. And so God, I'm gonna honor you because I know I want your blessing in my life. I don't wanna do it my way. And so I'm gonna put God first. And then the second thing we do is we just cut another number off the top. We cut our savings off the top. Before we spend a dime, we're like, this is how much money I'm putting into emergency fund. This is how much money I'm putting in long-term savings. When Mitch, when I was 18 years old, Mitch said 10% to God, 10% to the short-term, 10% long-term, live on 70. Don't live on the drip at the end of the funnel of your money live off the top and then live on the 70%. And they taught me that and they're like, man, that's so biblical. Like, I mean, I'll tell you what, I haven't missed a meal yet. Come on, somebody. Like God has been so faithful in my life. I want you to check out the results of Egypt's savings. Check this out. Egypt became the source of hope, of blessing. He'd be able to to give to all the world. Check this out in verse 56 or 55. It says, when all of Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food and the Pharaoh told the Egyptians, this is typical, to go to Joseph. (laughs) Like, I don't have a clue what's going on, but Joseph knows what's going on. He's in charge of this. And when the famine had spread across the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And check this out, verse 57. And all the world, somebody say all the world. All the world came to Egypt. All the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere around the world. Not only did they save 20% in their country, they took care of 100% of the world came to Egypt and he said, hey, look, we can give this away. We can be a blessing. We can help people in their time of need. Here's my question for this morning. When the world comes to you and needs help, what is your response? When the world comes to you and needs help, what is your response? For most of us are like, man, I love to help. Man, I love to, but I haven't saved up anything. Like, I want to give. The heart God has given me is like, I want you to be generous. Like, I know you see the issue. I know you see the homeless person. Like, I know you see the need with your kid to to have a a better life and go to college. I know you see this, but, man, I just can't do it because I haven't been disciplined with my money. Like, I want to so bad. And I think we got to be a different kind of people. Like, I think we're going to have people that God has blessed, and we're going to give back. We're going to say, God, I'm putting you first because you you blessed me to bless other people. Man, the greatest thing you've done in my life is give me the ability to give. You gave to me so I can give to others. I believe the church is the hope of the world. I love it when the world comes to the church looking for help because guess what? We should be able to deliver, amen? Amen. We should be the people that say, yeah, come on in. Like the homeless population in Belton, we're going to come on. We're going to take care of that. Like we're going to take some people off the street. Like there's some single family or single parents and you're struggling, it's like, we're gonna help you get on your feet. You're walking through a divorce situation and you're struggling and stuff, we're gonna help you because God's blessed us. And when you come to us, we're not like, oh, we can't afford it because we, 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 I just, my internet wasn't fast enough. You know, like my car wasn't nice enough. And so I spent way more than I could afford. And I got this really big house, but I got nothing left in the bank to help you. God wants us to be generous. We're gonna set it aside. We're just gonna set it aside. I believe we're helping people in the foster care system. Like there's orphans in america that we're gonna say we're gonna be generous to like god's blessed us as the people of god to give back like it's his economy we want god's blessing in our life i don't we can't do on our own man i don't wanna wake up one day in heaven and god say oh hey by the way wicked lazy servant man you didn't do what i asked you to do you didn't invest the money where i told you to invest it like i'm the king bro like you missed it you, i don't i don't be that guy i'm like i'm 10 talent come on somebody like, I just I don't, I don't I want to be that person. Like, I'm not saying I'm there, but I just want to be faithful to God with what he's given me. Man, 18 years ago, I started putting God first financially. 18 years ago, I started giving to God faithfully. I haven't missed a meal. Come on, somebody. I haven't missed a house payment. I haven't missed any bill. I'm not saying it's my ability. I'm just saying God is blessed us somehow. Like, I'm just saying, God, just be, I'm just being faithful to you, God. I want your blessing in my life. Man, I want to show you this picture. Man, eight years ago, I went to Africa. and it, the, Sorry, the picture, it, it's, it's a picture from Africa. What do you expect, Okay. <laughs> It's not it's not pretty okay but there's a kid his name is dude and uh you know when the world asks you and says hey can you help and there's a kid in a slum that walks through raw sewage with his pink crocs on okay and doesn't have electricity or running water or, or sewer and they say hey can you help help these kids out of the slum you know what you say yeah i can yeah I can, I can help like i don't have to have everything in my life because god didn't call me to keep what i have See, so God called me to give back. And so for the last eight years, we sponsored Newton. He was eight years old. He's now 16. He gets clean water. He gets education. He gets shoes. Come on, somebody. And it's like, hey, I want you to have a life. Like, I'm, the, I'm a wealthy person in the world. I have a college education. Like, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the top 1% of the wealthiest people in the world. I can give back to people. We are the most wealthy nation in the world, but it's just never enough. There's never enough. Like, you're just trying to, like, have, just stop trying to have all the stuff. Like just give it back. Just say, God, be faithful to you. We haven't missed a payment in, in, in eight years to help to him. If I had seasons of $60,000 of credit card debt and crazy stuff happened in my life, oh, absolutely. But God has been faithful. And I'm just learning, God, I'm gonna put you first. Because there's people around the world. There's people who need the hope of Jesus. There's people in our cities. There's people in our families. Man, I want to be the guy that tells my kids like, hey, I'm not gonna pay for all your college, but I'm gonna help you. Like, I want to bless you. I want to give you a start. Like when I went off to college, it was, hey, we love you, we wish we could help you more. Good luck, you know, and that's most of us. That's most of us. But you know what, I wanna be different. Like I wanna bless my family. By of fact, the Bible says this in, in Proverbs 13, it says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Wow. There's probably some things I need to change in my life. You know, for 18 months, when I left my last church, well, I'm gonna tell you, it didn't like leave on like a, a, an upward slope. <laughs> didn't leave well. I didn't pull a salary for 18 months. And we had money and savings. We had the ability to be generous, not to pull money from this church because we had a heart to launch a life-giving church in our city. Because of God has blessed us. We could say, no, 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 I'm good. And that's not the typical church planner story, I promise you. Matter of fact, I got people mad at me that I didn't take a salary. People are like, no, 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 you need to do this. I'm like, no, 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 this is my gift. Because God, has, we're going to grow this church out of the ground, and it's going to be a blessing to the world around it. I'm just telling you, God has been so faithful. If we could just save money, we're just saying, I'm sick of living paycheck to paycheck. Man, I'm sick of making my life about me. I'm sick of I having anything left at the end of the month. God, I'm going to put you first. God, I want to be faithful to you. I'm just a steward. Man, I'm just passing through. Like this money, this world isn't my home. I'm gonna follow you every day of my life. Young people, listen to me. I'm gonna tell you, if you're, if you're in here and you're like, man, I wanna make a difference, man, go serve in a youth group as a youth leader. 18 years ago, this message has been working in my heart for 18 years because one man took the time to love me enough to tell me the truth of God's word and say, son, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. I'm gonna encourage you, man, invest in people's lives. Man, make a difference. I believe for you today, somebody's gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna get a little weird. I'm gonna get a little weird. I'm gonna do things a little different. I'm gonna follow God financially. I'm gonna start saving money. Man, I wanna leave a legacy. I'm tired of living for myself. God, I want you to bless my life. God, use me any way you can. God, use me. Father, we come before you. God, I pray it's a blessing on our team. God, a blessing on this church. God, I pray we put you first. God, we will be so nearsighted. God, that we realize we're just walking through, God, this world, this world isn't our home. God, I pray that we'd get your blessing in this life, God, because we choose you. We choose to put you first in our finances. God, we're to live with our future in mind. God, we're just stewards, God, of what you've given us. Across this room, there are those of you who are Jesus followers. You're done doing it your way. You're done living beyond your means. You want a new legacy of generosity in your life. You'll be more intentional about your savings. If that's you this morning, you'll put Jesus first in your finances. We just lift your hands high across the room. Say, I'm gonna put Jesus first in my finances. I see your hands all across this place today. Let's pray for you. Father, God, help us, God, not to be nearsighted. God, not to, to look at stuff, not to spend everything we make. God, Jesus, you are a treasure. God, we want to follow you. God, we want your blessings in our life. God, not to bless us, God, but because we want to bless other people. God, help us to be a 10-talent church. God, help us to be 10-talent people. God, we want to give generously to you. God, we, God, we want to go to heaven and hear one day well done, my good and faithful servant. Man, the world runs to us and you know, we're going to tell them, we're going to say in the name of Jesus I can bless you because God has been so faithful to me. As so you keep praying across this room, some of you recognize your life has been a pursuit of stuff, pursuit of wealth, pursuit of everything the world has to offer and it never seems to be enough. Many you may walk in here thinking the Bible was just a good book written 2,000 years ago and you don't, know, you don't really believe in it but today you're realizing you need to know more about this Jesus Who is Jesus? Jesus is the sinless son of God. He was sent by his father to us to give his life as a ransom, to set us free from the power of sin. Without Jesus, we're strained in sin. We cannot be good enough on our own, but Jesus died for us on the cross. The Bible said that every sin was nailed to him, past, present, and future. That all of your wrongs were exchanged for all of his rights. This is good news because Jesus wants a relationship with you today. The Bible says that anyone that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, will be forgiven, will be made new today. So across the stream you say, you know what? I'm gonna trust Jesus. Like I I I want I want him in my life. I don't live for this world anymore. I do live for Jesus. Man, I want forgiveness. I want new life in him. If that's you this morning, without anybody looking around, you lift your hand high and say, I want Jesus in this place. Like that this morning, say, I want Jesus. Man, if that's you, I should praise, praise, say, Father God, thanks so much for sending your best, for sending Jesus. God, thank you for giving. God, thank you for setting the example. God, I want to give my life back to you. Thank you for dying across for me. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, everybody. Give it up for God this morning.